listening to episode 32, chapter 3 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lamberth. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Father Albert Haas. Ordained a Franciscan priest in 1983, Albert Haas is a popular preacher, teacher, spiritual director, and guest on talk radio shows. A former missionary to mainland China for over 11 years, he is the award-winning author of 11 books on popular spirituality and the presenter on five best-selling DVDs. He is currently chaplain at Cedar Break Catholic Retreat Center in Temple, Texas. His book, Becoming an Ordinary Mystic, offers a daily path to connecting with God and cultivating a life with Him in which we draw close, listen, and respond moment to moment. Imagine never knowing how well or how poorly you were doing at your job. Nobody telling you if you did things correctly, and nobody telling you if you didn't. If you're honest with yourself, you would probably feel no desire to get better. In fact, you probably wouldn't even know what better looked like. You would also probably make the same mistakes over and over again, not knowing that what you were doing was actually a mistake. Walking alone in the spiritual life is a lot like this. You don't have anyone telling you whether you're pointed in a good direction or not. In this chapter, Father Albert reminds us if we are to become aware of God's presence and work in our lives in the present moment, we need someone to walk alongside us. I think this is a good place to transition and talk about then spiritual direction. So uh, we've had a few spiritual directors on, and so I always like to to talk about this because this is an area, but Josh and I both have, we we don't call it a spiritual director, what it's called... um, we call it a pastor, pastoral, coach. pastoral coach. Yeah, and so it, it's it's a lot of the same sort of stuff, though. And it's also part of one of our most precious parts of uh, the framework, the five-step framework of becoming or living a lifestyle of discipleship, which is to walk with someone. And you talk about it a lot in the book, things that you've helped your spiritual directees with and things that your spiritual director has helped you walk through um, with this. So maybe you could just talk to us about a little bit about how a spiritual director helps create that space to ponder and maybe bounce bounce ideas off of them okay. and, well, and, and that question. journey of becoming an ordinary yeah. mystic. Because I think I, I think what happens is a lot of people have a misconception when they when they hear the word spiritual director, they think that means I am basically giving control of my life over to some other person and I have to obey that person and so that person is going to direct me spiritually and that is not what a spiritual director is at all spiritual directors don't have answers they have questions let me let me let me let me start with this thing in the 16th century there was a great carmelite mystic everybody knows him john of the cross and everybody knows john of the cross because he's famous for talking about the dark night when god mm-hmm. seems to disappear from our lives anyway John of the Cross says there's only one spiritual director, and that's the Holy Spirit. And my role as a spiritual director, a human spiritual director, my role is to direct your attention 
to how the spirit might be working in your life. So I'm a director, not like a conductor that I'm controlling your life, but through asking open-ended questions, I'm trying to direct your attention to what is God saying to you in this person, in this event, in these feelings, in these creative thoughts. So spiritual direction is about A, becoming more, oh, I like to talk about the three A's, becoming more aware of the spirit in my life. And how is the spirit, how is the spirit moving in my life? Then as I, as I reflect on my life and become aware of it, I'm going to establish kind of an agenda. And I bring that agenda to my spiritual director and then I articulate it. I begin to talk about what I think the spirit is calling me to do. And my spiritual director, by asking open-ended questions, helps me to get more in touch with that spirit and to talk about it. And then that moves me to the third A of spiritual direction, which is action. I then respond to God's spirit in my life. So so spiritual direction is about awareness, articulation, and action. Deepening my awareness of God's presence in my life, articulating that awareness, talking about it. Because you can only claim it after you name it. And then my response, how I act upon it. So that's really what spiritual director directors do. And good spiritual directors don't have the knowledge or wisdom. Good spiritual directors know how to ask open-ended questions that will challenge the directee to get more deeply inside themselves to see how the the spirit might be moving in their life. What role does... Uh, silence play in that conversation because like you said you're not you're not giving direction you're asking questions do you maybe this is a preference thing like 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 the the moment that just happened with josh and i where we wanted to just take a moment (laughs) do you sort of do the same thing or have they have you your directors done the same thing with you where maybe it is just a throw out a question and then you simply just sit there and let the silence work or oh, is yeah. it yeah. Oh, sometimes yeah i mean this is yeah, i mean this is where you know quaker silence quaker silence is not silence quaker silence is heavy with the word of god and so it's in that silence that i tr- that i try to get a sense of what that word is and so i bring that image of quaker silence and when people start spiritual direction with me on an ongoing basis i say to him I say to them, you have to be aware of the fact that sometimes we might just sit here in silence for five minutes. I might ask a question and then I might invite the directly, don't answer it right now. Let's just sit in silence. The Quakers, I mean, the Quakers have this down pat. We can learn so much from the Quaker tradition of that silence because for them, silence is not empty. Silence is filled with the word of God, and I'm trying to hear it at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And yet so many times we're uncomfortable with yeah. that. Oh, and sure. It feels like we should be doing something or learning something or saying something. And so we've, if we can't find anything meaningful to fill it with, we fill it with empty words or platitudes or the answers that we think we should give, which aren't actually reflective all the, all the time. 
and we end up missing what God has for us in that moment. Again, let me quote the Carmelite John of the Cross. John of the Cross says that the first language of God is silence and everything else is a translation. Wow. So, so, you know, the great challenge for all of us is to become comfortable with silence. And right now, the way our culture is going with our iPhones and, and our social media and keeping up with Facebook and Twitter and all of that stuff, the whole culture is really mitigating against uh, the kind of Quaker silence that I think every disciple is called to have. And it's only in silence that we grow in the wisdom of God. It's silence and suffering that, that help us to grow in God's wisdom. See, so I, I know we're talking about spiritual directors, but that's a great spiritual discipline that Josh and I have recently discovered and started practicing is that is of, uh, of silence and, and solitude. Now, we're both introverts, so I think we both felt—I'm going to speak for you again Sure, here. go ahead. We've um, talked about it enough. We, we've talked about it enough. <laughs> Where we feel like, yeah, being alone comes easy to us. So, like, any chance we get to retreat, and then especially now that we have young children, silence is an important thing. But I know there was a misconception for me is that any time I was alone with God— I felt that I always had to be doing something. I either had to be praying or actively meditating. I had to be doing something. And I forget who it was that we really came across this idea of this spiritual discipline of just, no, sit in silence and simply be. And anytime you find your mind wandering, just say, okay, that's fine. Just watch where it goes and say, even in that being, even in that silence without doing a thing, God is still at work in my life and in the world. It doesn't depend on me and that I'm enough. Even when I'm not doing anything, God still loves and approves of me. And that has been a huge part of my development over the past few months, just to say, uh, this is who I am. So I, I, I'm just trying to underscore the, the, that, that thought that you put forth that God's language is is silence because that I don't think I've ever heard it put quite like that. And I think that's, that's very profound. So I appreciate that. And, um, it's played out in my own life for the last few months. And I know Josh's as well. Uh, Yeah. Well, for me, I got so wrapped up in practicing spiritual disciplines for the sake of either checking them off of a list or just doing them for the sake of doing them. And so for me, Stepping back from that was a way for me to quiet my mind and take my focus off of the activity and put it back onto my creator who made me with the ability to do the activity. And for me, that was really liberating because I didn't have to, I didn't have to perform anymore. Well, you you know, Josh, I love the way I love the idea that words you just used perform because so oftentimes I think, you know, when we, we all when the lights go down and the curtain opens up and the spotlight comes on us, we can all tap dance for Jesus. And I think what happens <laughs> and I think what happens is we do that. We are we're always 
we're always tap dancing for Jesus, which is just another way of saying checking off the spiritual disciplines one after another. Did I do this? Did I do that? Did I do this? And I think, there, as I mentioned in the book, Becoming an Ordinary Mystic, I think the purpose of, a, of any spiritual discipline is simply to heighten my awareness of God's presence in my life. And so some disciplines, as I mentioned in the book, I was embarrassed to admit it. And even my editor said to me, you know, Father Albert, you might want to take that out of the book because some readers are going to be a little bit scandalized. Because I mentioned in the book, I get nothing out of fasting. I mean, I belong to the Franciscan order and say it really encourages us to fast twice a week on Wednesdays and Fridays. And when I try to fast, all I end up doing is thinking about Popeye's fried chicken tomorrow. And I end up thinking, you know, I'm thinking and I get irritable. So fasting doesn't work for me. And for years, I used to feel so guilty about that. But now I've come to realize that there are other ways to fast. I can fast from the internet. I can I can fast from my favorite television show. I can fast from checking my emails. I can, you know, so there are different kind of ways, but no matter what I do in terms of spiritual disciplines, they should heighten my sensitivity to the presence of God that I already have. Because the disciplines don't make God present. There's nothing to get in the spiritual life. I simply need to become aware of what I've already got. There's nothing to get out of the spiritual life. I love that. That's <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It is. It's, it's true. true. It's true. But, we, but we're all, even this idea that we have, I mean, I'm, we're not going to change the platform, but like this idea of growth is, is it, I think still in our minds, it's a growth to get, like we have to grow up big and strong so we can reach the really spiritual things on the top shelf. And no, it really needs to be just this idea of growing in our awareness of an understanding of grace, that God's grace is really with us already. Yeah. And we can just take it. That's I love exact, it. That is exactly the point. You know, so, so much about the spiritual life is having to unlearn and become like a child, you know, like Jesus says. And, and so oftentimes we think of spiritual growth as something that can be measured. And so, you know, I'm always che- I'm looking in the mirror and I'm always checking myself to see how well do I stack up to the saints, you know, and my mm-hmm. growth. And I think really when all is said and done, spiritual growth is simply a deepening awareness that I am a child of God. I'm using the language of the the spiritual writer Henry Nouwen. I am the beloved. And anything that helps me to access that one reality is really all about growing spiritually. The importance of walking closely with another believer cannot be overstated. We were not meant to walk alone, and having others to walk with on this Christian journey gives us encouragement when we're feeling depressed, assurance when we are struggling with doubts, and a helping hand when we stumble and fall. We need each other. You need other people in your life encouraging you, asking you deep questions, and holding you accountable in your walk with Christ. And other people need you in their life to do the same. I hope this podcast helps serve as an encouragement and an accountability tool for you. But there isn't a replacement for the real thing. Josh and I have walked the Christian life together in this way for the last 10 years. And I can confidently say that I would not be as far along in my faith without his help. 
So if you're not already walking with someone, please begin looking for someone you can walk with regularly. Perhaps you should seek out a spiritual director by going to sdiworld.org. Or perhaps you simply need to have a spiritual conversation with a close friend and begin walking together as you both follow Christ. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Father Albert's work, check out albertohm.org. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where Father Albert teaches us how we can learn from the cracks in our souls. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.